Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 358 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Megan Dryley. Megan lives in Houston, Texas, where she manages accounts payable and receivable for a small company. Welcome, Megan. Hi. It's nice to see you today. And you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Okay. It was in the spring of 2019. I was living overseas in Oman and I had been following a book and a program kind of known as Never Binge Again. Oh yeah. I'm familiar with that. Is that Livingston? Is it the Glenn Livingston guy? There are two binge books and one of them is written by Livingston and that's the one that's a little controversial. You know what I mean? People love it or they hate it. 
I like the simplicity of his method. He had, you would set up rules. So you'd have never rules, always rules, sometimes rules, conditional. And I had kind of stumbled upon that because at one point I was very much a gym rat. And the more I worked out, the more I felt like I could eat. And so I would, while my kids were at school, I would go and get cookies and eat all the cookies. And I just, I needed to find a way to stop doing that. I had sort of been following his, but it was definitely a situation where I would be good following my rules until I wasn't good following my rules. And so then I would try to switch it up. And one of the rules that I would set up would be that I wouldn't eat when other people weren't around, which I think logically makes sense. But after we moved, I wasn't alone very much because my husband was working from home. So I had gained some weight while moving because that's stressful. And then I had lost some weight because we very much changed what we were eating, depending on what we could find. That was when you were in Oman, that things were different there as far as what you could find. And just learning to shop and everything's different. (laughs) So yeah, I had lost some weight, but then it had stalled. And I was trying to figure out what to do, how to get things moving again, because I still wanted to lose some weight. And so given my rule of not eating when other people are around, I sort of thought, well, what if I force myself to not eat a meal a day? You know, is it lunch? Is it breakfast? I was trying to figure that out. And I was trying to look up that was healthy to not eat (laughs) given meals. And I think that's when I found the phrase intermittent fasting and through searching and, you know, probably because Google and Facebook and everything talk to each other, I was probably given recommendations for groups on Facebook at the time that were intermittent fasting related. So I joined some of them. Didn't stick around very long. They were kind of weird. But in those... (laughs) It's true. There are some weird things on Facebook. Absolutely. There are some weird things. But I do think I heard about your books in one of those groups. And so then I... At some point, I joined one of your groups. I found your first podcast listen to it. It probably wasn't until the fall of 2019 that I actually read your book. So I would say my first foray into intermittent fasting was definitely not clean. I did my cream and my coffee. Uh, The first real hard fast that I was trying was actually during Ramadan because we did live in the Middle East and you really can't eat outside your home during Ramadan. And so I was like, well, I'm not going to do a dry fast like they do, but I will just have my lattes during the day in my home and I won't eat. And I didn't lose anything, but you know, I felt proud of myself for kind of that next step of- That sounds so hard, lattes all day long. I would be so hungry. (laughs) I probably was. It was a while ago, but that was probably sort of my first step into trying to fast longer. And yeah, just my first step in this- direction that's now life, right? You know, I just thought of something about Ramadan fasting that I never thought of before. You know, they're dry fasting for religious purposes, but they are 100% guaranteed to be fasting clean, aren't they? Because they're not accidentally having anything they're not supposed to have because they are dry fasting. It's true. They dry fast. They can't chew gum. You're not really supposed to take in scents that would make you want to eat, all of those kind of things. So yeah, they at least do clean fast. They eat a lot at night. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All night. It's part of the experience. So I would say we went on a trip end of 
very end of 2019 into 2020. And it was on that trip that I decided, okay, when we come home, I'm going to start clean fasting and I'm going to see if Jen knows what she's talking about. And this makes any difference <laughs> because I was one of those people. I was like, why can't I have my cream? <laughs> and also you can find a hundred YouTube videos that tell you that you can. And so you're like people who tell you there's no such thing as the cephalic phase insulin response, or it's fine to have stevia. You can find justification for anything you want to do. Right? Yes. So we got, finished that trip January 4th, 2020. And it was probably a couple days after that, that I first started clean fasting. Took, let's see, I think I had a day of gagging my coffee. And then I tried the salt, I think it was that I would put in it. And eventually I found a recipe for making my own cold brew. And that's what I do now. I make my own cold brew. <laughs> that salt thing is, I don't know, look, people swear by it. If you put a couple of sprinkles of salt in your coffee grounds before you brew it, it is supposed to cut some of the bitterness. That's what they say. I tried it just to see, and I, I might have used too much. I don't know. I was already used to black coffee. It did not improve the experience for me, but it's worth a try. So you learned how to do your own cold brew. Mm -hmm. I like my cold brew. It's easy, right? It really is. When I was over there, I was putting the grounds just straight into a jar with water. And then I would filter it through a coffee filter, like left over a funnel on another jar in the morning. And it, it took a long time. Now my husband bought me a pitcher that has like a metal sleeve in it that you put the grounds and it's super easy. It's so easy. So everybody, if you like cold brew, you got to be careful buying it because a lot of the cold brews that you buy that are already made, not all of them, there's some cold brews that are okay, but some of them add weird things like coffee extract or natural flavors. But if you make your own, you know, it doesn't have any of that weirdness in it. And it's so much cheaper and it's easy. And you can even heat it up if you want it to be hot. It just cuts the bitterness a little bit to brew it that way. Is that what, so that's what you still do? That's what I still do. And maybe this winter, I will get brave enough to try heating it up. I don't know why that scares me, but it does. So I just drink it cold, even through the winter. In the winter, after I've had my cold brew, then I usually put like water in a mug and just heat it up and just hold it. I don't like my water hot, but it warms me up just to hold it. I bet you'll be surprised. I bet you'll like it heated up. You're used to it cold, but I don't think heating it'll make it. I don't know. I'll be interested to know. Email me and tell me. I'm sure it's <laughs> fine. I, it's... I really do feel like I'm afraid of doing it, which is very weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, because you're associating, I didn't like hot coffee back then. So, but I don't think it should change the taste very much to be hot. So when you're cold, try it one cold day and see what happens. I should. I mean, it doesn't get that cold down here in Houston, but I get very cold. So I need to try it. <laughs> so 2020, January 4th, you got home, you started the clean fast. You were mad about the coffee, but how was the clean fast different from what you had tried before? I think it did make make life easier. I did lose a little bit of weight initially, and I don't think that was the post vacation, you know, getting rid of the bloat because I had kind of waited a couple of days before starting. So yeah, the the scale sort of moved right away, and I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess this is what I'm going to do now. So I think at first I was probably doing a couple meals a day and. I would say by the time COVID hit, I was switching to more of a one meal. I mean, I would do snacks. One of my coping mechanisms through COVID and teaching my kids at home 
was that every day at two, we would have popcorn and watch a movie. So <laughs> at two o'clock was when I could have popcorn, like air popped popcorn. So y'all did like your homeschooling and your work and everything. And then two o'clock, it was times like, all right, we did it. We did our work. Now we're going to have this time together. We're going to eat the popcorn, watch the movie, and you develop like a ritual to kind of to go along with it. And that was when you opened your window. And I opened my window. I would have popcorn. We made a lot of different flavored hummuses. So I'd have hummus and vegetables. And if I wanted a latte, I would make a latte then. So I was going till two, really, I think, through COVID. That sounds great. Oh, and I bet all the hummuses. And it's so easy to make your own, isn't it? It is. I I haven't been doing it since I moved back home. <laughs> well, because it's easy to buy it, but it's so much cheaper and quick. Like the other day, I'm sitting around and I was out of prepared hummus that I got at the store. And I'm like, I'm just going to make some. And it was like a lot faster than going to the store to get it. And you can put whatever you have in the fridge in it. Sometimes people ask for my recipe. There is no recipe. I just pour stuff in. Well, and I would make a savory hummus and a sweet hummus each time. So my kids like the sweet one and I tended to like the savory one. But if I do savory, I have to do kind of crazy flavors because I still have this memory of like my favorite, just basic hummus that I can't get anymore. So what do you put in your savory hummuses? I almost always have a date paste or a raisin paste on hand. And so I add some of that and I might add peanut butter. That's Ooh. pretty good. I never thought of that. I make like a cookie cake at home. And so sometimes I just sort of make those ingredients that would have, you know, maybe some little chocolate chips in it. So those are in your sweet versions, your sweet hummus. So you put oats in your sweet hummus? I might. Yes. Wow. Okay. Now you're blowing my mind. So I'm going to just start throwing some stuff in and making some sweet hummus. What do you dip into your sweet hummus? I'll still do vegetables like carrots or cucumbers will be good. Oh, or apple slices. Apple slices are also good. I don't tend to have snacks around the house, so I don't have pretzels to dip into it or other cookies to dip into it. So it's usually a fruit or a vegetable. Well, now I've got all sorts of ideas to try. I never thought of peanut butter. So now I love peanut butter. Peanut butter hummus with apple slices sounds like such a good idea. And again, everybody, we don't have a recipe for that. <laughs> I could see just throwing in some stuff and seeing how it tastes. The beauty of hummus. And you sample it, and if it tastes a little off, you throw in something else and kind of keep playing with it while you make it. So you start off, do you remember how much you weighed when you first began intermittent fasting back in the beginning of 2020? It was probably about 155. Okay. And how tall are you? I'm five foot eight and a half. So you were not someone who was overweight significantly. No, probably maybe getting close to the high end of my range, but I wasn't even at my own point where I usually go, oh, I've got to start dieting again. I think I was in a point in my life where it was like, I know I have been lower and I want to get lower, but I hadn't let myself get out of control. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress 
vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. It also sounds like you were looking for a way to find a boundary on your eating because you were struggling, like you mentioned at the beginning, with with binging and the rules from never binge again. And having that eating window boundary, I think probably, did you find that was really, really helpful? It, it has been super helpful. I think my personality, sometimes I have a hard time following my own rules, but intermittent fasting really helps me to have hard lines. And so it really helps me to say, I'm going to have this at two and have a time when I know that my window is going to open. Even if I don't, even if I blow past two, there's still this point in my day that I can look at. I, if it's a bad day, I can just make it till two. <laughs> you got that delay. All you have to do is delay until two. And so the the idea of binging or eating is completely off the table. And then two o'clock rolls around. You're like, now I'm going to eat. And there it is. I mean, I have had times, probably not super early on just because everyone was around then, but maybe after we moved back where it's like, well, it's two o'clock. I could probably put away a lot of food. But you know, if you try to eat a lot of food at two, you're not going to be hungry for dinner. And I'm going to feel really terrible. And I think that's definitely something I've learned from intermittent fasting is my body tells me pretty quickly when I do and do not feel good. That's It gives us the space to listen finally, right? That's where the power is. We didn't have that before. I think there have been times when I'm like, I'm not sure if I like intermittent fasting because I don't like knowing how my body's not feeling good right now. You know, that's like two-year-old me being like, I just want to eat the cookies. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's like when I, the last time I wore a CGM and, you know, and they last for two weeks. And by the end of the two weeks, I was mad at it for telling me things I didn't want to know. I'm like, stop telling me that, see, Jim. <laughs> I think of it as like my two-year-old self because, yeah, you just sort of feel like you're throwing a little bitty tantrum. <laughs> I know it's not logical. <laughs> well, that's what I like to call it. It's the inner toddler. And our inner toddler comes out and it's like, well, I don't want this to make my blood sugar go up like crazy. Or if it does, I don't want to see it, right? <laughs> it's true. There are times when you learn, I don't want to see it. I don't want to know right now. <laughs> That's exactly right. But I think we all have to learn to parent that inner toddler to just live life. <laughs> so y'all moved back home. When did you move back home? 
or back to the States? Yes, we moved back home or back to the States, yes, in the summer of 2020. In July, my kids were in a British school over there. So we finished school end of June. Uh, We're finally able to get on a flight out and come back home in July. We had some family reasons we wanted to get back home. And my husband also had a new boss that he had sort of met in passing, but hadn't really met. And so he had permission to come home, meet his new boss. I was able to see family. Like I had a new nephew. I had never hugged and things like that. So we came home. He went and met his new boss and his boss said, Hey, I actually think you'd be a better fit for this other department over here. So we might be moving you home in like a year. Okay, that's fine. We're going about our lives. I'm taking the kids to the dentist because our one dentist experience overseas was, uh, it was crazy. They All they did was like, they visually looked at our teeth and they said, okay, you look good. They didn't do cleaning or anything. Oh, see, we get so used to what, what we're used to. That is weird. We're used to the scraping and the... <laughs> I was like, okay, so we did all of our dentist appointments at home. And I was taking my boys to the dentist when my husband called, because he, he was still down in Houston. We were staying with my parents in North Texas. He called and he said, yes, this other department wants me now. So they're not sending us back. And I I had a pause and I said, okay. Uh, Did y'all still have stuff overseas? We did. So once the airports opened back up in Oman, they got my husband a flight back. He quarantined for two weeks and then spent two weeks organizing, moving, selling cars. They packed everything onto a boat and he flew back home. And let me think. It was probably about three and a half months after that, that our stuff finally arrived. So I'm thinking the pandemic probably played a big role in you, like you not really being able to go. And I'm like, you dodged a bullet there because he just had to go do it all. Yeah. Yeah. He had to go do it all. Some stuff never showed back up. So I don't know how some of the stuff happened. Like it would be certain water bottles. Like we had these brand new water bottles that we got from running the Muscat Marathon never seen those again. I have skirts. I don't know what happened. I'm thinking a drawer, like the back of the drawer didn't get cleaned out. I would like to be able to secretly move Chad's things and be like, oops, the movers lost that. I don't know. (laughs) They've been just random weird things that haven't shown back up and um, they are long gone now, but you know what? Definitely move on. So it's, it's okay. I mean, we have way too many water bottles. Those were just the newest ones. And I really liked them and I was proud of my accomplishment, but that's okay. (laughs) Well, somebody probably found them like when when we move places and there's things up on a really high shelf in the back and you're like, oops, (laughs) somebody left their sweaters here. Yeah, that happened. So y'all finally got most of your stuff. Yeah. That was our story about moving back here and moving to Houston because my husband does work oil field. So I always said all roads lead to Houston. We didn't live here before, but that's where they moved us to. Okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense now why you were over there and why you're back over here. <laughs> oil. Now I totally get it. So you you kept doing fasting throughout all of these changes. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's talk. That yes was not a yes. <laughs> you know, right before we moved, I got to what I consider my goal weight. And I was there for a hot second before coming home. I thought we were going to be home for two, three weeks. So I was, I was enjoying a vacation and I was treating it like a vacation. And I would say I had trouble switching to now this is real life, not vacation. That was a struggle. And I definitely had a lot of window creep that 
stuck around for a while. Well, you know, that makes a lot of sense because you were used to, you couldn't get what you wanted overseas. It was a different culture, the food, the shopping, everything was different. So now you're home, you're having all your favorites that you're thinking you're not going to get to have again, right? And it's a vacation. And so, you know, that makes me think of when we moved to the beach and I was like, here we are, we're on vacation. And then I had to realize, no, this is real life now. It took me longer than I feel like it should have, but I tried to give myself a lot of grace. I mean, there was a lot of grieving in that. COVID was hard. Living in a different country through that was hard. I'm glad we moved home when we did, but there was a lot of grieving of this being an expat, which was a dream of mine, was over in just two short years. And I wasn't ready for it to be over. I'm still not ready for it to be over. My husband and I dream about, can we go back? And maybe when our kids are off in college, we can. Have you been back? No. All of our traveling international experience since then has been Canada or the Caribbean. So I guess he went to Kuwait for business, but I think hopefully we can live overseas again. I just don't think it'll happen until after our boys are off in college. So, well, you know, now I get it because you weren't expecting to come home. So instead of it all being full of joy, you were on a vacation and learned you would not be going back to what was home. I could see why you would grieve that. You didn't get to say goodbye to people in, in person. It was just like, nope, we're not going back. Yeah, it's it's not happening. It's over. And yeah, not getting to hug some necks again. That was hard. Not getting to see favorite places or, you know, go to a favorite coffee shop one last time was hard. You didn't have closure. I didn't have closure. And I wasn't thrilled about moving to Houston just because this it wasn't home either. So it was a whole new adventure when I wasn't quite ready for that adventure yet. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. So yeah, that, that does sound hard. So how old are your boys? They are 12 and 14. Oh, you're in the stinky years. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I keep waiting for the teenage years to happen. I love my boys. They're, they're just the sweetest. So are they not stinky yet? I mean, if we're talking about smells stinky, my oldest is in high school now and has started marching band. So there have definitely been some <laughs> coming home stinky from that. When I said the stinky years, I literally meant odor, <laughs> especially if they have a lot of friends over. It smells like, like a room full of wet puppies or something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it can smell like boy real fast is what I call it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those are the years. And th luckily they grow out of that and then they're like grown up and they don't smell bad anymore. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So this is just a phase, huh? <laughs> yes. Yes. Like absolutely. The the smelly phase, like that, you know, on Friends, smelly cat. It should be like smelly boys. Is what smelly boys. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think my kids are kind of going through, you know, puberty a little bit later in life. So I feel like we're just hitting it, but. <laughs> uh, well, you might not have the, the full experience yet. Yeah. You'll know I, I think I've only got one kid so far. So once they're both going through it, I'm sure it's going to be a whole different experience. It will. It, the, everything starts just when their friends come over, it smells like gas, BO, and Axe body spray. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. We've already told them I am not buying you Axe. No, I didn't buy that either. We didn't have it. Uh-uh. They got deodorant. That was it. <laughs> so funny. The memories of those times. But all right. So you, you had your period of window creep and your period of grieving, which makes a lot of sense. And your period of, okay, this is not vacation. So what did you do next? Then I said, I've got to tighten this up. I need to make sure I close my window after dinner 
not snack at night. I think it was mostly the at night, if I remember correctly. That was my big problem. Not necessarily opening it early, though I did notice I landed a job the here in Houston the summer of 2021. So that first semester we were home, fall of 2020, we were doing remote learning. So I was IT department essentially like, okay, Zoom's not working. Let me figure this out and um, answer some questions. And then my kids were able to go to school. We actually, that was officially when we moved to Houston and moved schools. So they're in school. So I needed to look for a job uh, to give myself something to do. So I'm not bored at home and tempted to eat and stay busy. And so it was the summer when I landed a job. And at first I was, had originally thought, okay, I'm hitting summer. We're going to make it through summer. And then in the fall, I'll really start searching for a job again because my kids were home. I was a little bit bummed about finding a job right when my kids got home again. And so I started having a soda every day at noon. I was like, okay, this will be my little treat. And I didn't realize that I had left that in there until this past spring. And I was like, maybe that's why I've been stalling for a while is because I'm technically opening my window every day at noon. With a soda. Yeah, that's true. And, and you know, I mean, you absolutely can choose to do that if you want to, but you know. I was maintaining. I really was. There was a time when I was getting kind of down. It was probably October of last year where I was getting down and felt like, why am I not losing weight? And I pulled back out like the Happy Scale app because I think I had used it at one point. And I said, I'm going to weigh every day in October and I'm going to see what my weight's doing every day because I've had an off and on relationship with the scale. Sometimes I can handle it and other times it puts me in a mood. And so I had stepped away from it for a while. But when I pulled back out the Happy Scale app and was looking at where I started, it was like, oh, I thought I was doing poorly, but I am weighing the same as I was in the spring. And that was such an aha moment for me because it was one of those moments where I thought, okay, maybe I'm not losing right now, but when have I not gained? And that was one of those just, I think I do love intermittent fasting moments because I haven't gained. And that was that was so freeing. You know, that's really, really a powerful way to look at it because you feel like you're like off track. You have window creep. I must be gaining because when you think back to in the past, whenever you like, you know, slacked up on what you were doing or whatever, you always had gain. And with intermittent fasting, your window was longer. You were opening with the soda, but you still were maintaining. And a lot of times, if you're afraid, so everybody who's listening, if you're afraid to look at the scale because you think something is happening, get brave and get on there and and do it. You know, it's easy for me to say I haven't weighed since, what is it, 2017, but my honesty pants keep me, keep me honest. But sometimes just having that confirmation of, okay, this is what it is. We had somebody in the community today, Megan, who was coming back to intermittent fasting after a while. And she thought she hadn't had any results and got on the scale and realized she was down five kilograms from the last time she weighed. Kilograms are a lot. She had no idea she was down five kilograms because we tell ourselves stories in our mind. We can't always tell when we're looking in the mirror, or even in your clothes, if they are stretchy. You can't tell. So the scale is a good tool. Are you back using the scale a lot now? Are you using it more? 
Maybe some. I have gotten probably to be one of those people where sometimes I step on it. I don't know. I think I just kind of got tired of stepping on it every day. So occasionally I'll I'll step on it and know that I don't have the data. I don't know if it's really where it's going to be. Am I... I can kind of feel like in my fingers and stuff, if I do feel like I'm bloated and those days, if I feel like I'm bloated, I am not going to step on the scale because I know I don't want to see it, but there will be days where like, if I I'm a runner, so if I've done my long run, I might step on the scale those days just to kind of give myself a, am I in this five pound ballpark of where I want to be and, and see, am I starting to move down? Am I staying the same? I haven't been moving up. So I do pick and choose what days I step on based on how I feel because I don't want, even if I know in the logical side of my brain that I don't feel good today, I feel bloated, it's probably going to be high. I don't want to see that number because then the emotional side of my brain can run with it and I don't want to give it that power. Yeah, I think it's really important to have something that keeps us honest. For me, it's been some tight clothes with no stretch that are my honesty clothes. I've got some dresses, I've got my skort. I've got things, some pants. They really let me know what my body is doing. But for some people, it's the scale and you get on, you have that check. Like maybe, you know, like you say, you're kind of like in a maintenance range. I would say I'm in a maintenance range. I would like to lose a little bit more just because I can't get rid of that number in my head of, for me, the number is 140, which would, for my height, would be at the bottom end of kind of my healthy range, but I know I've been there as an adult. And so I can't drop that number. Like I still want to see if I can get there. Okay. Now you're going to get a little talking to from me. Okay. Let's hear it. (laughs) Here's why your body with intermittent fasting. I, you know, if, if you have seen 140 before in the past and now you're an intermittent faster, I bet you, you are smaller now at a higher weight than when you were 140 before. And if that is a number that is at the very low end of your healthy BMI, you talked about you're a runner, you're active. I bet you have more lean muscle mass now than you did before. Thanks to intermittent fasting, losing the fat, you're building the muscle. I don't know if, you know, if 140 is, is going to be something your body's going to want to do right now. And like, think about your size. Do you have any clothes from back when you were that size before? I do have a few clothes that are still probably kind of on the small range. I'm looking at them in my closet. <laughs> if you could see me looking I up. did. You're like looking, what do I have? And I don't know, honestly, if some of those would ever fit again, just because of different shapes that kind of your body takes as, as you age, I think you're probably right. I, well, I do know that my body's a different shape than it was just last month. I put on for a date, the dress that I actually left our wedding in because I still have it. And then I pulled out the pictures from when we were leaving the wedding. And I was like, I think I look better now, even though I know I weigh, and I probably only weigh about five pounds more than I did at the time. But I was like, I think I look better now than I did then. (laughs) That's body recomposition. So the reason I wanted to bring that up is because we can have a number in our mind that our body is never going to get to again because you've lost weight with, you know, with intermittent fasting, you've lost the fat and maintain the muscle mass. And so if you're chasing a number that you saw, especially if it's decades ago or a long time in the past, you know, like one time I weighed 118, it was back in the you know, the early mid nineties and I was doing the low fat diet of the time. I didn't look good. If I decided I needed to weigh that again, I'm not going to get there. There's no way I would be like miserable and trying to get to that number. And I'm not ever going to get there again without like 
losing some muscle to get there. And I don't, I'm not willing to do that. You know, we want to preserve that lean tissue. So it might be time to let that number go. I think that's one of my current battles with diet brain, as you call it, is trying to let that go and being happy with who I am and where I am in my body. And I've seen that improve so much through doing intermittent fasting. I mean, there were times where you know, I would like have my clothes and just change quickly and like wouldn't change in front of a mirror and things like that. And I'm at the point where I'm like, I don't do that anymore. And I'm, I'm so proud that I have a better self-esteem now than I did when I was younger. (laughs) That dress that you left in on your wedding day, that can be your honesty dress. As long as that dress fits you, you are where you should be. That's your new honesty dress. Yeah, because like I do have a pair of pants that don't have any stretch, but they're like long jeans. And so I am not putting those on in the summer to see how I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) It's not happening. I'm not putting on jeans. You can't make me. (laughs) No, well, wear that honesty dress and see how you feel. And as long as it fits, you know you're good. Who cares about that scale number? Yes, yes. Well, that's important. So has the way that you eat changed at all? your cravings for foods, any of that changed over your journey? I do think it has. As I said, I mean, when I was binging, I would go to Dollar Tree and get cookies and I could eat the whole thing, which was obviously not healthy. And I knew it wasn't healthy. I might still enjoy cookies, but I can definitely enjoy, you know, a couple of cookies or I might get them with the intention of sharing them with my family while we're watching a you know, special movie or something like that. I don't have this craving to go and get them on any sort of regular basis. There's a lot of vegetables that I eat that at one point in my life, I definitely wouldn't have eaten. And some of that is just growing older. Like I didn't like asparagus until after I had my first kid. I think my love of cucumbers really came, started when we were living in the Middle East. The Oman cucumbers, as I called them, I just, I really love them. But I came back home and now I like cucumbers. Whereas before, even kind of the smell of them, I didn't like. Yeah, yeah, I don't like cucumbers. So they, are they different over there? They were. I think I saw somewhere, maybe someone called them Persian cucumbers. See, I've actually thrown those away when I got them in meal kits before. They'll send Persian cucumbers. I'm like, I don't like cucumbers trash because Chad won't eat it. It'll just, I'll say, will you eat this later? And he'll say yes. Then it'll sit in the fridge till it rots. So I just put them directly in the trash. But maybe the next time I get a Persian cucumber, I am going to try it. Well, and you know, if you have some hummus, you know, slice take a slice and dip it just to see, or I'll do cucumber and tomato salads and just kind of cut them up with some olive oil and salt and pepper. I like doing that. All right. Well, you're inspiring me to try it. (laughs) So otherwise, I don't know how much a lot of my tastes have changed. I feel like I've been on a journey my whole life. Well, since having kids, especially of trying to make sure that we eat healthy and I make balanced meals. I always laugh when you talk about how much you dislike cauliflower because I cook with cauliflower probably once a week. (laughs) But for I have done the cauliflower mashed potatoes and that was nasty. I will 100% agree with you on that. (laughs) One of the things I do is I rice the cauliflower and mix it in casseroles and things. For me, it kind of started as a like a hidden vegetable idea just to make sure my kids were eating more. But 
especially when it's mixed in and takes on all the flavors of all the seasonings I'm putting in, or if there's any sauces, I like the taste of it. So it doesn't have that yuckiness that it had when you tried to mash it, when you put it in like a riced kind of a version. Yeah. I don't know what's wrong with trying to make it into mashed potatoes. It's not mashed potatoes. It's not yeah, good. That's what it is. Cause you're expecting one thing and it's not, and then it makes you mad. That's what I think. It's me not liking food that pretends to be other food. But like at the same time, I make this, I call it a mock potato salad. And so instead of using potatoes, I use cauliflower and I've taken it to parties and potlucks and there's always someone that really loves it and wants the recipe. And I'm like, I know it's really good. I don't, I, maybe my brain doesn't so much think of it as like trying to be potatoes. It's more just a vegetable salad. And it's cold. That might make a difference as well, having it be cold. Like I love a chickpea salad. There's a Green Chef chickpea salad that I I order every time they have it. And it's so good. It has like chickpeas and mayonnaise and I don't know, little green onions and oh, dried cranberries. Little tiny bit of celery. Chad likes it too and put it in little pita pockets and it's so good. So yeah, I like cold salady things. I might would like your cauliflower salad. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Yeah, I mean, it's good. It has hard-boiled eggs in it and uh, the mayonnaise, mustard, those kind of things. So, Yeah, that does sound like it would be good. So tell us about some of your non-scale victories. Okay, one that I was really thinking about yesterday is definitely how clothes fit. There was a definitely a time in my life where I would always get a size medium shirt. And I'm at the point where I always grab a small shirt, which I really didn't think would be me because I've always been had a bigger chest and I do carry weight in my belly. And so even if it fit everywhere else, if it was tight across my belly, I didn't want to wear it. And I was wearing a shirt yesterday that was very fitted and I felt great. I didn't feel self-conscious in it. And I was like, you know, I like being able to pull out, you know, any of my clothes, even those small t-shirts and wear them. And if someone asks me what size I wear, cause they're ordering shirts for church or something, I request a small now. I don't like feeling like I'm drowning in the medium anymore. And so that's been a big victory. <laughs> feeling confident in your shirts is huge. And another one, and I don't know if this is too much information for a podcast. No, it's not. 
Let's see where it goes, right? Yeah, I'm I'm interested now. You've got about (laughs) So in December 2019, when we were headed on our trip, which was a cruise, I found a lump in one of my breasts. You know, we were like getting on the boat the next day. So I didn't go to a doctor right then. It kind of, I, I didn't notice it. So I guess when we got off the boat, I was like, okay, I'm not noticing it. But then a little bit later in January, I noticed it again. So I made an appointment and went to a doctor to get it checked out. And I do have like a fibroadenoma. Actually, I have a few, but it turns out like the fact that it kind of grows with my cycle and then shrinks is is a good sign. The other thing is that it can, it did hurt, which apparently is also kind of a good sign in the world of lumps, but it really hurt. Part of my cycle every month, it would hurt. And I was very uncomfortable with it. And I was like, I might have to go get it removed just because I'm tired of it hurting. It has not hurt in months, maybe even more than a year at this point. And I really, I don't notice it anymore. So I don't think it's, maybe it's shrunk. I'm not sure. Like when I went this past time, they didn't even do, they approved me just to do a mammogram and not have to do the sonogram this time. So, you know, I don't have measurements to compare. Well, hey, this year was, did it actually measure smaller than last year? But I think my body is kind of healing that, which is amazing. That really, really is. Well, and I remember when I first felt it, it was like, you know, they say clean fasting, that my body would be healing itself. And am I too late? Have I developed cancer? And I should have done this earlier. I was kind of beating myself up over it. But, you know, even if it's healing what had already happened, I'm so grateful for that. You know, our bodies are amazing. And that's what I always remind myself, that we are amazing self-cleaning machines. You know, when I was writing Cleanish you know, a couple of years ago, you know, all the, the things we have in place for our bodies to clean out the junk. And it's only this modern world of eating all the time and eating all the things and the chemicals we can't help that are, we're just exposed to. And our bodies have like more to do than they can do. <laughs> so it's almost like we need fasting more now than at any point in history because our bodies have more to clean up. It's not our fault, even if we're trying our best. I think other parts of non-scale victors are just things that we've talked about, just kind of mental health around how I view myself and how I can better deal with the scale. And some of that is is knowing myself and, and learning about myself and what I can and cannot handle. But I think it's given me more confidence and some of that might be from the fact that I, that I can maintain and I don't feel out of control and I can go out to eat and enjoy a meal and I can have whatever I want. I mean, last night it was really hot. I went and got some ice cream sandwiches and not feeling guilty about eating ice cream sandwiches is amazing. (laughs) That's the freedom, you know, the freedom to know you're in your eating window, you've got that boundary, you're enjoying what you want, and there's no more guilt. Summer ice cream sandwiches. Oh, yes. I think that there's an aspect of times when I have felt frustrated and I'm feeling like, is this working? Should I do something different? And I might look back at what I've done before, and I very quickly get to the realization of, I don't want to say I can't have this or I can't have that. It gives me such an aversion now (laughs) to even think about doing it. I'm like, I can't do it. Nope, I I can't go back to that lifestyle. (laughs) I will just tighten up. (laughs) That is so much easier to tighten up that window than to say, I'm not going to have bread or I'm not going to have ice cream or 
whatever it is that I'm craving right then. For me, it's always a matter of instead of giving one thing up, it's finding a higher quality version of that that makes a difference for me. Like, you know, instead of like, I'm never going to have bread, I'm going to have Ezekiel bread, or I'm going to order this sourdough bread that is really high quality, or I'm going to make my own bread, as opposed to like, I'm going to buy what they have on sale at the end of the bread aisle. Like, like changing the quality makes a lot of difference for me. And, but if I want to have the bread at the end of the bread, oh, I can have that too. But <laughs> I'm not good at giving things up forever that I love. I'm not either. So I feel like part of living is enjoying what you're eating, right? Sometimes you want stuff that, you know, isn't as healthy and that's okay. Because then so many other times what I want, you know, there are times when what you want is a, you know, a really good baked potato or, you know, that salad that you had at this restaurant that, you know, you can't stop thinking about. Sometimes what you want is healthy and sometimes what you want is an ice cream sandwich. <laughs> and I really think like you mentioned baked potato, but I think baked potatoes are incredibly healthy. They have so many nutrients. Potatoes get a bad rap. You know, I like to eat the skin and everything, but they get such a bad rap. And I've, I've been watching all these things. YouTube keeps showing them to me now, now that I'm like, they've got, I'm in their algorithm, but a potato, someone made a video about food and that was about potato being a potato that is baked or boiled or whatever. I'm talking about a fluffy potato, not a potato chip, not a French fry, but a baked fluffy potato is one of the most satisfying foods we can eat. And I'm like, absolutely. It makes you feel full and satisfied. And I love going to like Jason's Deli and ordering a, one of their baked potatoes with the different toppings. And it's it's huge. I might not be able to eat the whole thing. They are so satisfying. So I might eat half. And then usually my husband takes the other half for lunch the next day. <laughs> then he has a satisfying meal. But I love baked potatoes. I love sweet potatoes. Potatoes are delicious. They really, really are. But I, we got to get get rid of the bad rap because you say potato. Like if you said what asked, like if you probably went and asked a hundred people, what should you give up in order to lose weight? They'll say bread. They'll say potatoes. <laughs> you know they. But there are definitely different categories of breads and potatoes. You know, you, probably if you're trying to lose weight, potato chips are not helping you. But big old fluffy potatoes, different story. I do like French fries. And so, you know, maybe going to McDonald's and getting French fries isn't the best, but I will also make my own French fries at home, regular fries and sweet potato fries. And I just toss them in salt, pepper, and oil and put them in my air fryer. And they are delicious. I do enjoy those too. Yeah. I think that's a really different thing than like a McDonald's fry. Not that McDonald's fries are not still very good to enjoyable. They're, we enjoy eating them because they hit all those flavor <laughs> spots and you know, they're satisfying maybe emotionally, but you know, our bodies are like, what was that? No. <laughs> you are still hungry after those. Yeah, exactly. So we don't always only just eat for nutrients. We have other reasons too, and that's okay. So, you know, as a mom, I bet you're so glad that you figured this out while your boys were still young. So, you know, they're 12 and 14 now, and they're watching you have a healthier relationship with food and your body. And, you know, teenage boys might not be paying attention in the same way girls would, but they're still noticing. They're still, you know, internalizing those messages. And I have, you know, retrained my husband because I have dieted sort of most of our married life where I've talked about diets and, and I did have to tell him like, this is not a diet though. This is just how I eat. 
when the kids weren't there, you know, I would kind of explain to him that. And with the kids, yeah, there are days where I don't eat dinner and I say, oh, you know, I'm not eating dinner today. I'm just not hungry. Like on Sundays, we usually go out to lunch for dinner and I'll tell them I'm just not hungry. So I don't really want to eat right now. And I open up that door for, I tell them like, if you're not hungry, you don't have to eat. And I think that that's a really important lesson that I've taught my boys. The other thing is we really don't have a lot of snack foods in the house because I probably would want to eat them. <laughs> if I'm bored and they're ready-made, I would want to eat them. So we just don't keep them in the house. And my kids kind of have learned, you know, we don't snack. If you're hungry, there's some fruits and vegetables in the fridge, and which is a shock when their friends come over and they're like, I'm hungry. And I'm like, here's a carrot. <laughs> they look like, what? at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I remember one time Will was at like, I don't know, Governor's Honors Program. And he texted me and he said, why do we eat so weird? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, first of all, what are you talking about? <laughs> I couldn't buy those kind of things. Cause like if I bought like a box of granola bars, like in one day I went to Costco and bought like 24 granola bars. And one day we had zero granola bars because he just ate 24 granola bars in like a 24 hour period. Yeah. Nobody needs to be doing that. I think that we do eat them if they're available. So I just, I don't even make them available. And I mean, we eat dinner early. We eat dinner 5, 5.30 because we are hungry because we haven't snacked, which is so different from how I grew up where we were eating at, you know, like eight o'clock when my dad would get home, but we would have snacks to make it to that time. So, you know, it's just, it's part of our lifestyle. And I hope that they are learning some healthy habits. Well, they have to be. On weekends, they might not eat breakfast. If they wake up and they're not hungry, they don't have to eat. And so I think I can see that they are learning how to listen to their bodies when they're hungry and when they're not. And I think that's important. And they also see that mom eats. I can eat just as much as they can at any given meal, <laughs> or I guess at dinner usually, or at lunchtime. I mean, there are days when I eat that whole Jason's Deli baked potato because I'm just that hungry. <laughs> Yeah. And you get to just decide. You get to stop when you've had enough or keep going if you need some more. I go until I'm happy, right? <laughs> That's right. Well, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? Yeah. I mean, I probably wish I knew that the clean fast is important and you shouldn't have that cream in your coffee. I wish I knew to trust Jen. I think that there's a lot of knowing yourself and understanding how you work and how your mind works. I find all those sort of personality tests and things interesting. And, you know, sometimes you, you see things like if you know Enneagram, you see things, I'm an Enneagram too. So if I see something and I might say, that doesn't apply to me at all, but that's, that's just funny. But there's other things that can give you really important insights where you're like, oh, I don't think I ever realized that you know, I struggle with asking for help. I really do. I didn't realize that like other people maybe didn't have the same struggle with that. And so sometimes it's just important to know how you function. So another example is that I am what's known as an obliger. So like I can follow other people's rules, but if I set them for myself, I, I can break those all day long. So I do need to bring other people in to help me. So there have been times through my journey where I've told my husband, hey, no one's going to be home. So I'm going to have to tell you when I, you know, first have a drink today, just to try to give myself some of that accountability. You know, it's not all the time. And usually when I do that, it lasts for like a day or two, but it just kind of that day or two, I need to get over a hump of, 
you know, may, maybe I'm just sort of feeling down, you know, that couple of days, or maybe we have been on vacation and I'm having a little bit of hard time getting back into a good clean fast, which happens from time to time. Well, I love that you've realized that sometimes you need to ask for help and you need to ask for support because one thing I've learned about husbands recently, <laughs> after being married for so many 30 something years now, is all the time that I, we were, you know, raising our kids and, you know, I, I'm a school teacher all through this time. Chad's at work. I'm doing it all. I can bring home the bacon. I can fry it up in the pan, right? Like that commercial. He would have liked for me to ask him for some help during those years. It's all just finally come out that I was like doing it all and I didn't need him. I'm like, oh no, I needed you, (laughs) but I didn't ask. So you know what? Maybe your husband needs you to ask him for help. And (laughs) Yeah, we've had those conversations. See, he wants me to be more honest with him and to let him into what's going on in my thoughts and Man, it's hard. Well, because I was like, well, I was just handling everything. And apparently that was not what he, he needed something different from me than just handling everything. Anyway, ladies, listen to that. You may be surprised. <laughs> I learned it really late. But, you know, when you know better, you do better, right? Well, Megan, it has been great to talk to you today. And thank you so much for sharing your story. Well, thank you for having me. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. I have missed these Friday night dinners. Mm. Hey, welcome to Harvey Gras. At these family dinners, Delicious, everyone. dysfunction is served. Wow. I can't have you all messing things up for my entire adult life. Oh, I'm sorry. Do we embarrass you? Jump, jump, jump. Sorry, any better than I dared to dream. They're extra. Let the wild rumpus start! And they're embarrassing. We know how hard it is to move on from the first girl that you ever slept with. Not the first girl who I ever slept with. Yeah, 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 right. You're a regular lady killer. I thought you said it was going to be boring here tonight. No! I really hoped it would be. But they couldn't love each other more. Surprise! Mom and Dad being totally normal. Wow. So, dinner next Friday, everyone? Wouldn't miss for the world. Dinner with the Parents, Season 1. Stream free only on Freebie.